When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Coach Unplugged is brought to you by great people over at TeachHoops.com. For coaches who want to get better, from the Fifth Quarter Studios in Madison, Wisconsin, you're listening to Coach Unplugged. Here is your host, Steve Collins. Hey everybody, welcome to Coach Unplugged, episode 409. Um, Got a great interview with Coach Huber today. Before we jump into that, I'd like to give a big shout out to our sponsors. First of all, Dr. Dr. Dish. What amazes me is how they keep innovating and providing the best training solution for a basketball player. Um, their training management system, which is basically like a, a workout on, mounted onto the, to the um, Dr. Dish is, in my opinion, second to none. Um, you know, not only are they teaching skills, they're teaching repetition, they're teaching mastery. And if you need another reason, it's easy to break down and put away so go over and check them out make sure you mention coach unplugged and they'll give you three hundred dollars off your next purchase also make sure you go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better it doesn't matter if you're having problems with parents or kids playing hard or figuring out what to do at your practice or how to run your practice we're we're or i am there to help um you know i i, I would put our website against any you know if you email me i will respond <laughs> Um, usually I have about a six hour rule that I try to, if it's 6 a.m. or 2 a.m., that may be hard. But um, I try to respond very quickly, one-on-one calls, office hours, and more material than anybody could ever want. So go over and check it out, um, and let's head off to the podcast. All right, welcome to Coach Unplugged. Coach, I'm going to have you tell about your, your resume. Your resume is pretty long, so it's pretty good. So I'm going to have you tell about your basketball journey um, kind of where you started, where you ended, and then we'll kind of dive into different pieces along the way. And hopefully now you want me to tell about the fake resume I sent you or the true one? <laughs> I want the real one. Uh, it's a pretty good fake one. You hey, know? hey, so you, you know, like in coaching, so um, when I got out of uh, college and I played baseball and basketball in college, I had an itch that I wanted to coach. My dad was a coach, and so I – Went in and started my GA, and I was an assistant basketball coach at a NAIA school. 
And I did that for like three years. And uh, then I got an opportunity to be the head coach at the school at the age of 25. And it's amazing how they say you think you know what you know, <laughs> but you really don't know what you know. Right. Um, so it was uh, say that, great. Say that again, coach, because that's, that's, a, that's a truism. to. The but, but you know, I, you think you know what you know, but yeah. you really don't know what you know. Right. <laughs> you know and, and you get in it and you're like, Oh man, this, and I remember when I was, when I was assistant coach and the head coach, I would give him, I give him suggestions all the time. Right. Right. And he was uh, a coach that, you know, was coaching probably for like 20 something years at the time, had a lot of experience and, and, and he wouldn't like, you know, go with my suggestions most of the time. And he told me one time, he goes, Jim, don't get discouraged because I might listen to one of them out of right. your hundred suggestions. Right. You might help us win a game. Now you're 99, I might throw down the trash. But he goes, you got to understand, you're just like a couple inches away from this head coaching chair. Right. But when you step into this head coaching chair, it's very different. Yeah, I always and, tell people uh, there's there's a big difference between one seat to the left. It is. You know, it, it's, it, it's crazy. It, it's, it's, so you're just mine. It, it just changes. So I was a head coach there uh, for a couple of years, and then I got an opportunity to be an assistant at um, UMKC, which was a Division One school in Kansas City. So I did that for a couple of years, and um, then I ended up uh, getting out. Uh, one of the individuals that was a player for us, UMKC, I worked out quite a bit, named Matt Suther. He wanted to start a program that was different, uh, kind of a spring-summer program that would develop kids because he was, he was looking at the transfer rates at the time and how bad it was, and this was like 14 years ago. And right. Now it's gotten a lot worse. Right. So he wanted to start a program that developed kids in Kansas City, got them where they're ready to go to college, a college-based program. So we started an organization called MoCam Basketball, and we built that up and through years developed into a Nike program and um, had, it's had a lot of success. So I did that for, I don't know, I think like maybe eight to nine years, helped develop the youth side, the high school side, coaching some of the elite teams. And then from there, um, Breakthrough Basketball, I got connected. I ran a lot of uh, camps and clinics in Kansas City. I'm owned, and one of the owners of Breakthrough Basketball is in Kansas City. And asked if he had partner, if we could partner up running camps together. So I decided to do that. We tested him out in Kansas City and we decided to take him nationwide. So over the last, I don't know, maybe it's uh, six to seven years or something, I've been kind of developing, developing coaches and camp curriculum and some of their, you know, DVD and training programs and stuff like that, what I've been doing. So, so explain the difference for the people. First of all, going from the collegiate level I, I, you know, to the, I, for people who don't know it, like it's, it's almost, did you play in the EYBL? Yes. Okay. Yeah, we, so, so people don't, not everyone that listens to this knows all the, all the lingo and the things. It's yeah. basically going from a college coach to like an AAU summer developmental thing. Mm -hmm. tell, yeah. the, tell the difference between those two worlds. Cause they are different worlds. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, when, when you're at a, like, when you're at a small division one, like I, I call UMKC kind of a low major, right? Right. Low yeah. Major, right. Uh, when you're there, you're not getting the top 50, top 100 kids. Okay. Uh, and, and usually when we start out with MoCan, we weren't getting the top 100 kids. We, right. we were, we were getting some of the, the best kids in Kansas City that we could get. And we we're grinding it out and defense rebounding, playing right. together and have success. And we built up into the EYBL. And had a chance to qualify, we qualified and, and played in it. Now, when you get to that level, of course, you're dealing with, you know, some high level McDonald's all America. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so the, what you're dealing with sometimes is not only sometimes the parents, but then they have maybe some individuals they call quote unquote handlers or people that are in their lives 
so you're working with them as well. So it's, it's there's a lot of dynamics with it um, that you're you know they're they're trying to find out what's best for their child and um, and and sometimes it can be challenging because some of these kids haven't been pushed or challenged before um, and so now you're trying to help them understand what it's going to take to play at this next level. Right. I, I remember I, I was coaching the Nike Global, uh, which is part of you know Nike in the spring summer and they they have you know kind of global challenge they had the West team and I remember. My first meeting I had with them, I got them all together, and I said, hey, listen, I, I was going over how we're going to do, you know, how we're going to go about practices or, you know, kind of walkthroughs and just this team in general. And I had a couple of kids that were, like, looking at the phones texting. I had, like, kids that weren't paying attention, and I was just, like, I, I stared at it. I was, like, are you kidding me? you, you right. got to be kidding me. Right. And I, I, I kind of went off on them a little bit, and there's a guy that's in the NBA right now that's playing that – during one of the timeouts, I had to kind of set them straight and let them know, hey, this is how we do things. And we had a kid that was playing for us at the time that played at Michigan State named Tom Tom. And, you know, he was a great leader, but they went to him and they're like, man, your coach is like, God, he's kind of crazy, man. He's like demanding and he's challenging. And he's like, he is that way, but there's a purpose, there's a reason for it. And he's a really good guy, you know, off the floor. And not that he's not a good guy on the floor, but he expects excellence. He expects right. you to do certain things. They're going to allow you to succeed when you get to North Carolina, when you get to KU, yeah, yeah. when you get to Duke. Like I was telling these kids, I go, you think you're going to walk in and you're going to have Roy Williams is going to let you just show up 20 minutes late right? Uh, or have somebody knock on your door to try to get you down here on time? Right. You know, things like that. So I think sometimes, unfortunately, some of these kids aren't demanded and challenged at young ages and are allowed to do kind of what they want to do. Right. And it's changed. And it's changed, too. It's like – I just saw a video clip, no lie, like within the last week of, of KD shooting in warm-ups. I swear to God, he didn't miss a shot in warm-ups. Uh -huh. He was laser-focused. I mean, yeah. the problem is all these guys see what they saw last night on the NBA, you know, the, the, the Eastern Five. That's all they see. Yeah. They don't see all the stuff that, oh. you know, yeah. all the stuff that has gotten – you know, Steph Curry's probably shooting right now somewhere. You know, it's like well, – it's, it's like you mentioned, <laughs> so, like, working at the, you know, elite Nike, the top, you know, hunter camps and stuff. Right. yeah. And I remember seeing uh, Alan Stein do a video of Steph Curry and him being at a camp that, uh, that uh, Kobe Bryant was running. And he was talking about how he knew Steph Curry was going to be great because he was showing up 30 minutes early. He was staying 30 minutes late. And he was talking about how he did everything with precision and he made sure that if he didn't do it right, he did it again. And right. he's meticulous in his work. And he asked that question. He's like, are your habits on par with your dreams and goals for tomorrow? And if right. they're not, you got to change them. Yeah. I remember being at this camp and, and on the team that I had, there's two kids that end up, you know, are playing at a high level right now. But, um, you know, one of them is Luke Kennard. And like Luke Kennard, I, I swear this kid would like, he would listen to you and he'd take in coaching, but he would actually like he just repping things out and extra shots he got and during dead time and the things he was doing. And, and in my mind, I'm like, this kid is going to play at the next level. Right. Because of his work ethic. Now he's, he's, you know, has height and he's athletic and he's skilled, but he just works at it. Right. And you can see those type of kids. It's almost like, they, it's stuff. almost like the elite of the elite almost have, I don't want to, I'm married to a psychologist, but I'm just saying they almost have an OCD quality about yeah. them. That, because we were just talking before we came on about Wesley and I coach Wesley Matthews. And Wesley, I've, I've coached other athletes, I've coached mm -hmm. other great players. 
Wesley had something that was like he was just going to keep doing it. Yeah. He wasn't a great three-point shooter when he left me in high school. He worked on it. Like, mm -hmm. he's in the top ten in the NBA now consistently. Um, because he – I mean, it's just like they, they get they get so precise and they get – they almost get like to the point where they – I don't know if it's healthy, but it's like that's what – there's all these elite athletes. There's like – I tell – I'm a stats teacher. There's like a thousand of them. Well, what makes the top ten different than the thousand? Yeah. You could probably all throw them in a bucket, and they're all probably pretty similar. You know, LeBron's obviously different athletically, but a lot of them are very similar athletically. It's the ones that, you know, like you said, do the precision, do the work, do all that kind of yeah. stuff. Well, um, you go back like – so, you know you know Harrison Barnes, right? Yeah. Harrison, yep. so Harrison Barnes, when he was a ninth grader, um, he played for, at the time, uh, All-Iowa Attack, and – he was playing for them, and he was a about a six 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 seven, and he was a four or five man. But he right. wanted to be the number one player in the country. Right. And one of the coaches that was working with them said, hey, "Harrison, to do that, you got to face up and shoot it. Right. And you got to shoot the three, and you got to shoot it consistently." And so what he did is he worked his whole ninth grade year, and he was going in at five five thirty in the morning, and he was just working on feather shooting, form shooting, one hand, right. you know, his off hand on it. And he was wrapping it out, and he was just, like, progressively working back. And the coach said he was there every freaking day. Right. And they, I think, lost in the state championship game or whatever, maybe his freshman year or whatever it was, and the coach said, we're going to take a week off, and we'll get back in the gym and lift. And he's there the next Monday, and he's calling the coach, going, where are you at? Where's everybody at? And he's like, Harrison, I told you, it's we're going to take a week off. He goes, you can't take any time off. You're going to win a championship, coach. we got to be in here. Right. And we took a guy named Simi Ojale, plays for the Boston Celtics up there, because he reminded us of him. Right. He talked to Harrison, and Harrison told him what he did. And then after that, like, Simi did the same things. He went right. to work this game every freaking day, and he's in the NBA. Right. So, I mean, but there were guys at that time that were as, like, when you looked at a Simi Ojale, that were as good as him, that right. people thought might accomplish more, but he kept at it. Right. And then, you know, through that work. It's that precision. It's yeah. So, it's so that precision. Um, so let's talk about, let's talk about, um, let's talk about yourself as a younger coach. What would you tell yourself as, you know, we've, we're all, we're older. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what would you tell yourself as a younger coach? Cause I have a lot of younger coaches listening. What Here's the biggest say? thing I got to say. I'm telling you this, if, if somebody could write this down, have it. You always want to understand it's never as good as it seems to be. And it's never as bad as it seems to be. It's somewhere in the middle. You can't let right. your highs be too high and you can't let your lows be too low. Because if you do that, you're going to be on all emotion and you're going to say things you don't want to say. But also, you're going to be in town. You're going to be almost like a manic depressant. Oh, it's crazy. Up and down. I, I, after, I, I, I lost my first uh, – we, we went to the state tournament nine straight years. We won three, whatever. Holy cow, I should be talking to you. I'm going to yeah. call you up and interview you, coach. <laughs> but, anyway, but anyway, so we, we like one of the longest winning, one of the consistently. That, so that's what I'm most yeah. proud of is that consistent. We, mm -hmm. you know, we have the state record for conference championships in a row. I'm more proud about that than, than all of the other stuff. But going back to the question is, is I remember another older coach who's won more state titles than me say, Steve, me losing, me losing and then winning the next year. He goes, and then I didn't win one for like three years. He goes, if you're only happy when you win it, you'll never be happy. Yeah. 
you got to worry about precision, about getting your boys better, about putting them in the opportunity to be able to win. Yes. If you do that, that's all you can do as a coach. Well, here's where you go like, back. That's to where me. the high low thing you were talking yes. about. It's like yes. you can't get, I mean, I think I literally was depressed for years. Oh, and when I first started out, yeah. it's like they used to say the uh, uh George Allen, the NFL Hall of Fame coach, said, you know, winning reinstates life, losing takes life out of me. Right. And and here's the thing I tell for young coaches one thing a couple of things. One is this after games, when you're emotional, do not sit there and talk to the team. Right. No. I never talk to him after a loss. Don't I, do it. Oh, I never do it. I, I tell you what I what I do anymore, because when I first started out when I was 25, I used to throw throw dry race markers. I used to hit boards. I used to do stuff and go nuts. And then I would go home and I'd watch tape and I'd be like, oh, my gosh, I was getting on Bob for doing that. And he wasn't even a part of that. Right. Saying that and that didn't happen. So what I tend to do afterwards, I'll talk to kids and more about you know, kind of settling us down and be like, okay, hey, maybe, okay, let's talk about a loss. It, it didn't work the way we wanted to, the outcome. How can we learn? What lesson can we learn from this? Because if you can learn life lessons through sports, you know, we're going to all get better. And then what I'll do is I'll tell them, hey, listen, you know, as we get away from here tonight, we'll come back tomorrow at this time or whatever. We'll watch film. Let's just digest. And, and then when I come back, then I'll have my notes, have everything down and be able to go through things. And I won't be as emotional. Right. And I can talk to them. And now I'm not going to say things that I regret that you can't pull back. And sometimes yeah. you say things you think like you can apologize and get back. But sometimes these players, they hold on to them. Oh, they hold on to them. And, I, and I've told young coaches this too, especially at the end of the season. You know, um, Stevens was talking about last night about how it, it hurts. You know, it's the end. Yeah. It hurts. This was a special group he had. Mm-hmm. No thanks. Um, he, uh, I, after we lose a tough one or we lose at the end of the season, my post-game speech, no lie, is like 30 seconds. It used to be like an hour. It's yeah. Like, because they don't hear me. It's, no, it's, they don't. It's 30 years of teaching. They don't hear you. Mm-hmm. The next day, they'll hear you. Yes. The next day, they'll sit and go. They'll feel bad, and they'll go back. And then it's like, all right, let's digest. That's exactly what mm-hmm. a young coach – because we all think we can solve it there. You ain't solving anything. No. That's where, <laughs> you know, you think about like – you know, I know they talk about like your your wife's in psychology, but levels of awareness that we mm-hmm. increase in our life. And one of the lowest levels of awareness is animalistic. Yeah. And what are animals? Hey, everybody. How are you doing? I'm doing great. All right. A couple things. Hope you're enjoying the podcast. Uh, make sure you go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. That would be really great. I think, uh, you know, part of the reason I got into this in part, you know, I've, I've been through what you're experiencing right now. I've been a youth coach. I've been a high school coach. I've been a junior high coach. I've helped at the college level. I've coached NBA guys. I've won multiple state titles. I know what you're going through and I am here to help. Um, and if you email, I will email back. And if you, um, you know, join our community, want to get a one-on-one call, I will do that with you. Um, and I don't know of any other resources that will allow that to happen. So go over and check it out. Um, big changes coming to teachhoops.com. Also, a lot of free things you can do to help us out. Subscribe and like here. Leave a written review wherever you listen. You can do that here. You can do that on, on YouTube under Teach Hoops. We have thousands of videos over there. And then if you do any shopping on Amazon like we do in our house, um, down below is the Amazon link. I don't get anything from my Amazon link, but if you use the link down below, www.teachhoops.com backslash Amazon, and you do any sort of shopping there, um, we get a small little commission every time you purchase something because um, he came from us, and it helps us with our hosting fees. So go over and check it out. 
All right, let's get back to the podcast. They, yeah. they, they communicate with their sensory factors, what they see, hear, smell, taste, touch, right? Right. That's how they communicate. Yep. So it's fight or flight. Right. Right. But when you get outside of, we have like mental faculties we can use so we can stop and think. Right. 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 We can think and act. Yeah. And I think we need to stop and think more. And I think too many coaches too, when you're young, I know egos is part of it, but we feel like if we don't perform a certain way, if our kids aren't doing things a certain way, it's a reflection of us, we're less than, and yep. when the pressure gets to us and then we act out on the kids and we act out on officials. And that's the only thing with officials, like young coaches, any more officials, I'll get to talk to officials because I think there's ways you can create relationship with officials and I'll communicate with them. And a lot, a lot of times on coach and like spring, summer, I'll be like, Hey, just heads up. I, I'm going to walk the sidelines a little bit. I, you know, I'm going to stay out of this area. If I get in your way, just let me know. You know, my wife says I need to have a dog collar, shot collar sometimes right. suddenly down. But I'm going to coach my kids and make them better. Um, you know, and, yep. and I'm not going to say much to you. I know you got a tough job to do. And if I do, I might you know, converse with you in a positive way. And you can win over officials by having good relationships with them and handling yourself better. And you're also a reflection of your players right. and how you handle yourself. They're going to model you. Yeah. And what you do. And I think I think as you get older, you find that too. It's like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they, 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 they uh, do they affect some games? Absolutely. And we've probably seen some in the NBA playoffs and stuff where they've affected it. But, you know, how much. Here, here's you- a, let me ask you this. When you get this, after games, I, I don't know how many people say like, oh, the officials, they screwed us. Oh, they homered us. Oh, it was a bad call. This and I'm sitting there looking, let me watch your film. What about this bad shot here? Right. What about this bad possession here and this turnover, lazy pass? What about this in defensive transition, not getting back and stopping ball and letting have an uncontested layup? What about this possession right here? Like, you can go through and have so many different possessions that if you fix these, now it's an eight-point game. The official's not even involved in it at the end that right. you got to think that they, you know, gave you a bad, bad call. Right. And I, what I've done in my head, too, is for the, especially for the high school coaches, is at some point in the, some, for someone that's been pretty successful, at some point in the tournament trail, you're going to get a bad whistle. No, yeah. get, it's going to happen. Foul trouble. They're human. It's going to happen. You know, you look at the teams that have even won the NCAA. Something happens along the trail, mm-hmm. and they're gonna, you're going to win a, on a last-second shot, or you're going to do something. Yeah. Like, look at Michigan this year. You know, they, yeah. hit, they won that one in the Sweet 16 that, on a last-second shot. The best one's like Lyle of Chicago. I yeah. I think about the run, the, the right. last shots they hit. And- so, so I always say this is our, this is our pretest. Yeah. How are we going to handle the bad calls when they come you know, and we all Here, here's here's one quote I love is uh, there's a uh, head coach at Northwest Missouri State and they won a Division two national championship two years ago. Coach McCollum there he has in his locker room and this is one of his big big quotes. He says, "Impose your will." And what he says is he focuses on we're going to impose our will on the officials. We're going to impose our will on the opposing fans. We're going to impose our our will on whatever comes to us, whatever happens. You know that right. we can't control. That's okay. Yeah. We're going to impose our will upon it. It's not going to affect us in a negative way because we're going to control ourselves and what we're going to do. And his big thing is he focuses on and getting them to impose their will on everything they do. No complaining. We're going to figure it out. We're coming back stronger. And I love it when he says that because that's what he really tries to reinforce in his team. Well, and I think, I think yeah, and I, it, building culture is so important. It's something I've been really working on recently. Is, but mm-hmm. I, think, I think a lot of, especially high school coaching, is about building culture. I think oh, we've yeah. been successful. You know, there's people out there that know more X's and O's than me. Um, 
but I think I'm really good at reading a 17 or 16 to 18 year old boy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, I can read yeah. their emotions. I can figure out what this kid needs, what that kid needs. Um, you know, Villanova was a prime example of that, you know, when that kid fell down and all everybody ran over oh. there to pick him up, it was crazy. I, I mean, I would love to play that over and over. I mean, if you want, if you watch, yeah. like I clipped a bunch of their stuff for one of our camps, we show film and I swear like kids taking charges. Oh yeah. Uh, falling down. It doesn't matter. They come over and pull each one of them. All four come up, pull them up. The bench is going crazy and nuts. I mean, they're yeah. all together. They're they are they are a unit. Oh yeah, right? definitely. It's crazy. Yes. Um. So if you could, let's unpack something. So could you think of one coaching moment that you could dive into, so the coaches that are listening could learn from it? Something that happened to you, or something that? Yeah, I mean, there's. I could go through a couple, but okay. Okay, so you you have like youth coaches, right? And people yep. like young yep. coaches. Yep. All right. So I went from college, and then I went to the high school, right? Um, you know, kind of that. And then I started, I coached, I had a, had a sixth grade team. Right. And, um, so there, there were, and there, I had a friend of mine asked me to coach them. So it was kind of neighborhood kids. Right. And I got them together. We got them playing really hard guarding, just playing together. They overachieved. And, uh, so we're playing in a state tournament. Right. And we got all the way to the semifinals and one game we playing championships. So, and like I said, we, like tough man-to-man -man defense. So we got into it, and we got a couple quick fouls called on us. And I was frustrated because yep. I thought they were touchy fouls, right? So I was sitting on this wood bench, right? <laughs> and I sat there, and I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, And I was like – so I was sitting there, and I was talking to the official, and I got up, and I was like, that, that is not a foul. Would he? And so anyway, he teed me up, right? Right. So I said, you need to sit down, not standing up. I said, I got you, okay. So I sat down, and again – Kind of went, went going about the same way, a lot of touchy fouls. And all of a sudden, I just got frustrated, and I took my hand, and I went, and I went, boom, and I slammed down as hard as I can on, on the wood bench. And he turned around to me, and he teed me up. And I got up, and, Whoa, and he kicked me out. Now, I, I, I'm a – at that time, this was probably maybe 10 years ago, maybe, okay. eight, eight, nine yep. years ago, 10 years ago, something like that. So, um. 30, 37, what, I don't know, 36. Right. I'll tell you, that was a little moment. You're, you're an adult. You're teaching kids. I, and you're, I, you're I, sixth graders. You're not in the NBA. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I, and I have kids. I'm a kid. I have kids carry notebooks, okay? Right. They carry notebooks. And we have word of the week stuff. And we go through character, right. life skills, the stuff that's very important that I instill into them. And I act like an idiot, right? right? I get kicked out. So I got to watch it. From outside, right, outside the building, I got to be outside there. And then my team comes out with their family members. And I'm telling you, it was one of the lowest moments. I apologized to them. I said I was very sorry. It would never happen again. Um, I've gotten kicked out two times in my life. One was in college when they put a – down in a, a small town in Oklahoma, and they put this – we filed the one kid they called time out, and they put a different kid at the line. And uh, anyway, it was, yeah, I shouldn't have did what I did, but I got kicked out. But this one was the lowest moment. So after that, I told him, I apologize, never happened again, sincerely. And from that point on, I told myself, I'm never going to sit there and get kicked out, get technicals. I'm going to handle myself the right way. I'm going to control myself, my emotions, and I'm going to be a reflection of these kids to see. And I'm going to understand what how, what strategies I can do to get an official to maybe give us calls when we need calls. 
instead of getting them upset at me. So that was a low point, and that was, like I said, that was more of the fight or flight, animalistic, being, right. being idiotic. Um, but it was a low point, but it was a wake-up time. You know, yeah. for me. And, I mean, you look at some of the great ones. Look at Jay Wright. Look at, look at, um, you know, look at all the great coaches in the world. You know, a lot of them stay relatively calm. You know, yeah. you, you yeah. know Coach K will let people have it. Don't get yes. us wrong. But, you know, it's not, it's not a nonstop, you know, because I think if you want your guys to stay that steady, Eddie. You, you have, have to be to like that. Yeah. Do. And it's yeah. harder for the younger coaches. Trust me, we have all been there. We've all experienced it. Um, I, w- I would say for young coaches, as you said, I, I mean, I would highly recommend to get them, get a mentor. Yes. Whether somebody has coached before, somebody's been around a while. There's a lot of successful coaches that if you're a young coach, you go to them and say, hey, Coach Scott, will you spend some time with me? I'd uh, love to be mentored by right. you. Uh, right. can you. Even a retired coach that can evaluate you coaching on the sideline and can be honest with you and say, hey, here's some things that maybe you need to think about and work on. Um, that you can't see yep. and people around you aren't going to be honest with you because they're afraid of maybe how you react to it. Um, I would strongly suggest you, that. And the thing is you have to be willing to grow to do that. You have to yep. be willing to put yourself out. If you're going to become a better coach, you have to be willing to take that criticism. And early in my career, I had some great mentors mm-hmm. and I also had people I, I, I believe in self scouting. I believe in people coming and watching me coach, watching me practice, watching me do all that. I always have people come in and do that and then tell me that aren't because what happens is like I've had the same coaches for so long on our staff mm-hmm. that we just start thinking alike. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? It's almost like, I don't want to say it's like a pack mentality, but it is like, we're not thinking outside of this box at all. We need other people to come in and push us a little yes. bit and say, Hey, maybe you're not doing this right. Or, Hey, I, I, your substitutions there. Why, why were you doing that kind of stuff? Yeah. Um, this, to think outside that, because especially if you start coaching for a while and you kind of get in the groove, it's oh. like anything, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. really hard to get out of that. Um, can you tell me one time you lost on a last second shot or something you do different down the stretch, like in a situational game? Yeah. I mean, I've had, I've had situations that like one in particular was that, you know, I think when you, you get, Again, a little bit older, you look at time and scoring situations, right? So we're playing. Hold on. My, my, son, my son's in here. So How say, old are you, bud? Hi. Hi. How Kaden. old are you? My name's Caden. Caden. How old are you, Caden? Say five. Are you five? Say I'm five, yeah. I'm, I'm five. Do you have a jump shot yet? Yeah, a jump shot. He tries to work on it. He likes to swim. He likes to swim. Oh, he's a swimmer. Yeah. Oh, coach, we'll have to talk about swimming. Uh-huh. Yeah, been to swimming yeah. yet? Like, no, he hasn't. He just likes to jump, jump, uh, like jump in the pool. And if do he's that. A, if right he becomes it. a swimmer, I'll tell you what a swim meet's like. You oh. watch your kid swim for thirty-seven seconds. Oh my gosh! And, and then you sit there for eight hours. Yeah, yeah. All right, go go to mom. Okay, go to mom, buddy. But now, when you talk about that, so. So the situations that I look at is like time and score more now. And so we were in a EYBL and we were in this, uh, I guess, you know, they call it the, well, they, they call it the uh, Peach Jam, which has a 24 teams in it. And we were playing um, Team Penny and we, we had a beat. And it was like, you know, they, they play the 30-second shot clock and we had it down to where it's like, um, I think we were up by, I think it was two with 
the minute 30 to go or something like that. Or maybe it's nowhere up by three, I think it was. And I ended up, uh, we had a, we had a transition break and had one of my guys going and it was going to be maybe contest. Maybe it's going to be uncontested. And I just let him go and attack. And I was kind of plugging. I hope you're enjoying this much as, as much as I am at this point. Um, but before we keep going on with the podcast, Take 30 seconds, hit pause, go down, subscribe, give it five stars, say, yes, I really like this podcast. I want you to keep doing it, Coach Collins. And then the second thing is I want you to type in www.teachhoopsoneword.com. Go over and check it out. Um, It's a great resource for coaches. Um, we got a community. we got a forum. We've got everything that you would want to take your coaching to the next level. Go over and check it out. I don't think you'll be disappointed. 14-day free trial. All right, let's get back. I'm going to pull out run something, get something, because it might have been close. And he went up, and it ricocheted off, and right. it bounced over the top for guys, and they got an easy breakaway layup on the other end. And all of a sudden, the momentum swung, yeah. and they ended up winning by, like, it was like one or two, and that was a game that made a difference of us making them to lead eight. Uh, and then there was another time when, same thing, do you foul, do you not foul? We were up by three, and – Hey, everybody. Uh, hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you did and you want more like that, go over and check out teachhoops.com for coaches who want to get better. Um, like I've said, it's the Netflix for basketball coaches. But not only that, it's a community. It's a family. You know, I'm, I'm traveling to a bunch of places all over the country just to speak to teachhoops.com members. So go over and check that out. Make sure you subscribe and like. And have a great day. Sports Social Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.